Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. If you listen on the Entail app, that's E-N-T-A-L-E, photos, links and videos of what we're talking about will pop up as you listen. Have a look. Okay, we're recording. <laughs> so I'm still not used to the fact that I've got like a deck of sophistication in front of me. Yes, Emily's her producer, listeners, and we have a fancy new microphone, so you're going to hear every pin drop, every siren, every... Every sigh. Every sigh. Every sigh. I tell you what, I'm absolutely fine, but I feel totally decrepit. And this deterioration has come basically almost two weeks to the day when I heard myself think, you're in the best shape of your life. That's like, you remember the time you walked in, you went, I feel fantastic. And I thought she's about to have a catastrophic nervous breakdown. She sort of had a semi one, so it wasn't so bad. Anyway, now I've got like a frozen shoulder. I don't know. I'm going to call it a frozen shoulder. It's not a frozen shoulder. It's really painful. I've got heel pad syndrome, runner's heel for someone who doesn't run, but because of walking too much. And I've got a sore tooth which means I basically am an old crone who limps and can't carry heavy stuff. It's so pathetic. I feel really pathetic. Anyway. You and the rest of the world. Yes, I believe collectively we are all pathetic. Sorry, guys. Anyway, (laughs) Annabelle, how are you? I'm absolutely fine, but I'm worried that my new kitten is an (laughs) arsehole. I'm worried that his behaviour isn't kittenish, but actually sort of sociopathic. Keeps attacking the old cat jumping on people's toes gnawing them I was bleeding the other day can I say I just think I'm going to say something that's really going to annoy you but I just think you are extremely defended over Barry the old cat and she's making a really like scary face at me you just said defend you're really defended you've been listening to too much Glennon Doyle where does that come from Barry is old and sick Basil is young and cruel but I don't think that's indicative of his general like personality. I think he's just a kitten. I'm not doing that family of origin thing, aren't I? Ascribing <laughs> him a role. Yeah, exactly. It's like, there you go. That's what you're going to be like forever. Yeah, that's yeah. the worry. Do you know, I read a really interesting thing the other day that said that your family of origin like to remember you at the point where they had the most power over you. That's where they fix on you. Oh, that's so interesting and awful. Isn't it awful? But that's the point. So you're most sort of vulnerable slash traumatised slash weak is the bit where they go, that is how we want to remember you. So that's why sometimes it's so hard to shift from the family of origin. So if I believe the kitten's a nice person, then there'll be some inevitability around that, you think? Yes, I do. I I believe it. I believe you have to believe in the kitten. Okay, well, I'll just let you spend a night locked in the room (laughs) with that psychopath and and let's see how you do with your dodgy back and your rotten heel and your funny tooth. (laughs) oh my god I think we need to start seeing people other than each other no we can't because honestly I find that concept really scary because we've forgotten how to diary oh my god yes we have I mean I used to run my diary like a bath I mean a really 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 stressful bath but a bath you know (laughs) play like scheduling Jenga games like some sort of Olympic professional yeah or I mean I am a proper solid pair of diary hands I write in pencil I, I have a uh, an actual diary, physical diary, I write in pencil and I never forget to send a birthday card. But then last year, one day, suddenly our diaries just went blank for a year, didn't they? Yeah. And so that diary muscle that we had, that skill honed over years of, of, of mid-art management, withered. And so now you supposedly have to arrange to do things again. And our, and our diary reflexes are shot. It's an absolute shit show. I know, I'm both terrified of putting anything in my diary, whilst also feeling miserable about my empty diary. Yeah, I mean, 
You may have heard that last week we went properly witchy-woo-woo on the podcast with the energetic crystal healer Estelle Bingham. And she said that two truths are always possible. So if we apply that to diaries, I suppose it's possible both to want a full diary to show that you're, it's a life fully lived, but also to be absolutely desperate to not do a single thing that involves leaving the house or the bedroom or the sofa. <laughs> so how do you reconcile that? I mean, probably just get back on the sofa and worry some more. So I nearly had a meltdown the other day trying to book the Yayoi Kusama exhibition at the Tate Modern. It's so funny. I've been having a yearning for galleries, having never been someone <laughs> who really often went. I'm so, yes, I must go and see some exhibitions. So you've been trying to activate. I've been trying to activate it. I literally signed up for like alerts. I really love the Infinity Mirrored Rooms that she does. It's basically so life affirming. And um, I spent Thursday in a virtual queue for tickets to see her kind of the sensational things she puts together. And so you basically could feel like, see in the mirrored room and touch the universe. Basically, exactly. And um, I finally got to the top of the queue and they sent me an email saying you're at the top of the queue. And then I was absolutely floored by the uncertainty of what I might be doing at 10 a.m. on Thursday, the 16th of September, which is, is the only the slot time. you got? Yeah, and I was like, who might be able to go with me? You know, all the what-ifs froze me completely and ended up crying on the stairs. <laughs> and planning used to be, well, I mean, in my mind, my superpower, oh, I mean, I don't know. So now you're questioning everything. Else. Yeah, and I haven't got the fucking ticket. <laughs> I gave up. I found the other day when someone, it was a work thing, said, well, you know, <laughs> that terrifying phrase, Let's have lunch. <laughs> last time I went out for lunch was, I think, March last year with you. And, uh, and, and, I, and I looked at my diary and I thought, well, OK, I don't have a lunch slot free between now and June the 18th, which is um, what, over a month away. So I don't have a lunch slot free, but simultaneously, I don't have any lunches in the diary. So, so mental. how is this possible? <laughs> it's like a kind of lunch Bermuda triangle where lunch slots are disappearing and time is being whirlpooled by zoom meetings and cat chemo and deliveries and work and walking schedules and how did we ever go out to lunch before but then I stop and I remember what a sweaty mess I was <laughs> you know doing 11 out of 10 running around but then I think I'm still a sweaty mess so so why just triggering triggered by lunch do you know what triggers me Okay, so I panic every time the phone rings. And back in the olden days, oh, oldie worldy days, every time the phone rung, I thought someone had died, Obviously, right? Logically, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, now every call is actually a morphed into a threat to my diary. Every paying whoosh ring might be someone wanting to put something in and I feel attacked. How dare they like me and want to see me? Yes, I know. How dare your friends want to spend time with you? <laughs> what is wrong with them? What's wrong with them? And, and then if you, if, if, you, if you do start to think that maybe you will, Acquiesce. <laughs> Good use of the word acquiesce. Everything, the prospect of everything is too cold or it's too hot or it's too light or it's too dark or it's too long or it's too early or it's too late or it's too expensive or it's too fucking scary. And basically, you're somehow Goldilocks. <laughs> and hopefully soon the bears will just turn up and eat you and put you out of your diary misery. God, wouldn't that be nice? Anyway, the other thing is, is of course prioritizing who to see so every time I think oh I'd like to see so-and-so my anxiety raises its head and lists why they wouldn't want to see me why I need to see someone else more urgently and the fact that I can only go out like two nights a week maximum also no lunches why it's not a good idea and even though I'm like halfway through my text saying you know perky like hey it's been a while hey, do you fancy you ages yeah. how are you doing do what you about fancy like a fun dinner <laughs> exactly and I stop and I go oh no, I'm gonna go back 
my misery box. God, we're depressing today. I know we are depressing <laughs> today, aren't we? Um, and then you find yourself, I mean, pretty much in tears, or at least cast very low because you have something in the diary tonight. You know my theory that served us quite well for a while, yeah. which is that you should never put anything in the diary that you wouldn't want to do tonight. A Beyonce concert, dinner with friends, an exhibition, a Pilates class, whatever it is. Don't put it in unless you'd be prepared to do it pretty much right now. So, you know, you might think that um, that party that is very, very far away looks like fun because it's in two months' time. But then next month comes and part of you knows you'll just be weeping as you try and decode the dress code, book a train, and just why, 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 why? <laughs> the thing is, it, that theory worked well in the time before, but now you don't want to ever do anything ever, ever again. <laughs> So how do you separate the wheat from the chaff? What, by the way, what's the chaff? I don't know what the chaff is. What is the chaff? We'll Google it later. You know, the other thing is is that my head is making it impossible and everyone else is making it fucking impossible. I know there are lots of conditions, aren't there? There's timings, there's conditions that can I get back to you because basically, just like me, nobody wants to commit to anything. And then there's the, I'll try my best. Let's talk at the beginning of that week. And fuck it, I'm just going to go back to bed. See you in September. <laughs> But, oh my god <laughs> oh my god and if we do ever make it out and you know we are going to make it out we may have made it out once or twice we have to remember that we now have to try and pretend to be civilized fully functioning members of society again so there are lots of things that we must remember not to say as an opening conversational gambit right yeah i totally agree there should just be a list of things that are banned like my favorite sort of passive aggressive act of hostility what are your summer plans that's aggressive aggressive Okay, aggressive, aggressive. We just it's like saying, "How's your love life?" Yeah. Or saying to an actor, "Are you working right now? <laughs> How's your next book coming yes, along?" Exactly. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Have you done your tax return? What are your summer plans? Just nobody should ask that question right now. We don't now. get to ask that question now. There are no summer plans. None. Cornwall is booked for the next decade. Abroad only exists when you spend five minutes scrolling back through your Instagram feed to the last holiday you took when the Beatles were still together. Your summer is a disposable barbecue, a lot of rosé if that's your thing, probably in a howling gale. Get used to it. Yeah, don't fight it. Exactly. Surrender. I think the other thing, I think one shouldn't comment about all the newfound, refound opportunities for beauty treatment. <laughs> I mean, when someone turns around and says something like, you know you can get wax now, right? I mean, <laughs> what happened to uh, the sisterhood spirit? We all got hairy during lockdown. I mean, yeah, some of us sort of attempted to deforest i mean the depilation with the with the home waxing and the and the veet and just left us with bruising and erratic patches all over our body like a sort of dog that's come back from the vet post-operative with bits (laughs) of its fur shaved so you know what you can't say something like that while eyeballing someone's cascading monobrow or flourishing moustache because we have to unremember a lot of behaviors that have happened in the last year, including the involuntary rewilding of our body hair. Now, some people have embraced that, and that's also fine. But not all people will reach the same place of recognition or resignation or acceptance at the same time. So best not to comment. Definitely. Also, do not comment on people's pallor. Because basically, it's like, do do I look like I have vitamin D deficiency? I mean, obviously, we are emerging from our houses like ghosts, pale and one from months stuck indoors staring at the screens or maybe even just the wall, drifting along the pavements, our long, wispy hair 
floating behind us as we frighten dogs and small children who cross our paths. Of course you look like you have vitamin D deficiency, because you do. I think careful about um, commenting on your own cultural achievements. So, for example, um, something like, out of the entire Dickens canon that I've read over the past year, I think maybe Bleak House is my favourite. Oh my God, don't be annoying. That makes you an arsehole. Fine, okay. So, so you were one of those people who decided that lockdown was the greatest self-improvement opportunity of your life. And you probably learned Japanese and extreme transcendental meditation and you potted an entire dinner service and you knitted an entire blanket and good for you good for you well done you but you know some of us had breakdowns and had to cry for months watching telly and eating Maltesers and that's valuable too yeah fuck off (laughs) fuck off the other thing that I think we're not allowed to say is no to Cocktail Zoom with the girls. I know, I know, I know. I mean, I know we're all sick of Zoom and we're sick of spending so much time on our laptops and feeling our eyes melting into our skulls. And we're sick of Zoom being dressed up as some jolly place where we all have excellent cyber parties because isn't the digital age amazing? Connection, connection, connection. But let's just remember that without it, we would really have become solitary hags living in silence with little to no human communication. So yeah, I'm afraid we've just got to say yes. Yes, just do the, the date. Zoom. Also, the relief of not having to get dressed and leave the house. So say yes to the Zoom, even though we hate Zoom. Oh, my God, we're stuck in a sort of dance of death. And also, um, you might feel this, but don't voice it. Along the lines of, I'm worried that if I start going out again, my TV might miss me. <laughs> because whether you like it or not, you're going to have to start spending less time with your TV. It's nothing personal. It's, it's just the way it is. Because life awaits outside, beyond your sofa. So we have to put the remote down, back away slowly, just nice and easy. We're all doing really, really well. Can't I just watch more Discovery of Witches? Oh, it's bad, Discovery of Witches. You start it with high hopes. You think, yeah, I could do this. This is kind of girly and period drama. And and she's really beautiful and he's really hot. Um, And then it just gets intolerable. Warning, (laughs) that's just a health warning. Um, But yes, all that time with the telly, all that time just chewing on time. So I've got a question for our listeners. Are you languishing? It's a satisfying word to roll around your mouth, languishing, isn't it? Um, it, it sort of calls to mind a semi-Camille situation where you haven't quite got terminal TV, but you're nonetheless in bed surrounded by satin and marabou and just gazing into the middle distance and fading away. But there was a piece a couple of weeks ago by Adam Grant in the New York Times And he pointed out that languishing isn't so much a romantic, consumptive dwindling, but rather it's a psychological term, who knew, to describe the place between flourishing and active mental illness. So languishing, according to him, is joylessness and stagnation. So you're not in despair, but you're certainly not flourishing. You're not sad, you're not happy, you're not growing, you're not hoping, you're not kind of anything you become indifferent and the danger lies in your indifference to your own indifference. I suppose I'm certainly languishing and for me languishing after this long, long year and a half, whatever the fuck it's been, feels like an absence of purpose. Mm. And maybe that means that some kind of mental health episode is in the post, but frankly, who cares? That's the danger. Who cares? Who cares about anything? 
So we know, we all know by now that there's no such thing as a free lockdown. Even for the lucky ones, there's been a price to pay. And we've had to learn to keep our expectations of ourselves and of the world and of the situation on a kind of rolling low at all times. But where does that leave us? So for every person leaping to socialise, create, thrive, chat, there seem to be two, from what I can tell, who just don't understand what to do next or how to be next and can't quite compute what life going forwards is supposed to look like. Because we were all on a kind of autopilot for so long. We were propelled through our lives, sort of making choices, but sort of just picking up what we encountered along the way. So one thing just led to another, to another, to another. But we're not equipped to deal when nothing seems to lead to nowhere, to tackle the jet lag after this really emotional long-haul flight. So I think we should all be talking about this because we're all so busy wanting to feel grateful. We don't want to say that we're feeling peculiarly flat. Not wretched doesn't mean absolutely fine. Mm. Um, Grant, this, this, this writer, Adam Grant, identifies putting aside small chunks of time to allow ourselves the freedom to focus because we're so distracted as one antidote to languishing. And, and, and he says setting small goals is effective as well. But I think it might be time to team up on this because if you're feeling it and I'm feeling it and she's feeling it, then we could try and have a laugh about it and, and, and try and just haul ourselves out of our lairs one micro conversation at a time. And I've really enjoyed the micro conversations, the granular nature of talking during lockdown because there was nothing much else to say. Because if you add emotional isolation to languishing, then what do you get? You get nothing good. Mm. We all need to do the good things as well as the hard things at the moment. We need to do the good things. We just have to learn how to want them again. And I tell you, all those motivational bumper stickers aren't helping. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. It's sort of like um, this should be fixed by a kind of motivational mantra just to kind of place us and give us purpose. But instead... It sort of, I don't know, I feel driven. It jars, doesn't it? Completely wild, like um, sort of that everything happens for a reason, which oh, has God. been our catch-all kind of, for, you know, for years. I mean, let's just say for, for the sake of an argument that this is actually true, there's nothing in the small print that says this reason is a good reason. That's the critical flaw. Exactly. So the reason your car was towed was because your parking ran out. The reason your whitewash came out pink is because your red knickers had smuggled themselves in. The reason you can't pay your tax bill is because you spent a large portion of it drunk shopping Italian stone for the bathroom that you absolutely can't afford to do up. These are all reasons without being good reasons. Enough said. Okay, what about you're exactly where you're meant to be (laughs) in life? (laughs) Don't worry, the universe will provide. You're exactly where you're meant to be. Well, unless I'm lying on the sofa with a hot water bottle down my trousers, having just woken up from a brief uh, but satisfying doze, to find Deliveroo has just arrived with my pizza and the new series of Bridgerton is on, even though it hasn't been filmed yet, then that's just not true. No, it's just not true. You know what I was talking about last week about being sick of being tested? Yeah. Well, then for some reason, probably because my computer's listening to me, something came up the other day and it said, you don't know your own strength until it's tested. And it's like, stop testing my strength. I don't have any. It got lost last year. Maybe it's down the back of the sofa or under the bed or it got sent back with one of the millions of things that I ordered online for something to do. I don't want any more tests. Maybe that's why my shoulder hurts and my foot fucking hurts, my tooth hurts. Fuck the test. Yeah, I saw something the other day and it said, you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It said, 
hi, all the things that haven't killed me, I'm strong enough. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. I'm alive and strong. Okay. Yes, yes. Here's, here's a favourite. Yes. You've got this. Ah. Oh, I hate the jaunty sort of ringing of, you've got this. Got what? I don't know what this is. And and I, I what if I don't want this? What if this is chlamydia? What if this is dry rot? Thank you, but no, I, I, I don't want this. I don't want any of this. Tell you what, you have this. Yeah, you have it. You take this. <laughs> oh my God. And the other thing, which I, you know, the annoying thing is, is that maybe I'm triggered because also there's a grain of truth in it. It's really annoying, which is get out of your own way. Oh, it's annoying though, because it's a good one, but a bad one at the same time. And those are the worst. <laughs> it's so true. So in other words, stop being the person that you are and start being someone else completely different so that all your dreams come true. All your dreams will come true if you just step out of your own way, you asshole. <laughs> Become someone who never worries catastrophizes, panics, plans for the worst case scenario, totally forgets the plan, doubts, screams, cries, can't make their mind up, can make their mind up, but then needs a quick sleep, wakes up feeling more tired, has a headache, eats some biscuits, has a brief silent disco to some 90s bangers to cheer up, is then awake all night. Yeah, be that person. <laughs> exactly. You can be that person. I am that person. Um, anyway, the other one, which is going to be open to huge amounts of interpretation, is hug. But be cautious. Oh, for God's sake. A cautious hug is like a limp handshake or, or, or refusing to smile in a photo. <laughs> I know. It's like the physical equivalent of the person who never always remembers your name slightly wrong, like McKeekan. Thanks, guys. <laughs> or or, or that's bad sex with a guy who seems really hot but has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> or the dress that's almost right but has visible pockets. Do you know what? That is visible pockets. Bugbear. Pockets. Love. Visible pockets? No, it's fine they're on the front, like, you know, patchy pockets. But you, wear the, you mean the yes. ones at the side that make your hips look wide? Yeah. Sure. Can we go back to the cautious hug? Okay, I would fine. say, like a tepid bath. <laughs> that is the worst. And you can't, you've either run out of water and you can't face it. Yeah. Oh, my God. The expensive cherries that taste of literally nothing. Yeah, water. fairy peach. Struggling to think of something that is setting itself to be more dissatisfying. Than the cautious hug. Yeah, we'll get back to you. Having said that... I mean... I, I'd be happy never to hug again. I haven't missed hugging at all. Yeah, you see, the problem is, is that I think once I start hugging, I'll never let go. People like a limp hit. Yeah, carry me around like a backpack. Oh, well, we have to go because I have to flee the room at the house, possibly the country, to avoid yeah. Emily, Emily's compulsive hugging. I know, I might just come and hug you now. So we will see you next week. You're on the run. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Annabelle Rivkin and Emily McMeekin of The Mid-Alt. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. And we'll just leave you with this thought. When you ask me what I'm doing today and I say nothing, it does not mean I am free. It means I'm doing nothing. <laughs>